This is the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of The Leach Report. Live from Wild Eggs of Lexington, it's UK football talk on the menu today. You can interact with the show by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. And you can call on the drinksword.com hotline at 877-904-1080. Now, alongside former Wildcat QB, Freddie Maggard, Here's the voice of the cats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to our Monday edition of the show, Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Show with Freddie Maggard. And the former Wildcat QB will join us to break down the Kentucky win over Vandy that got the cats to 7-3 and three on the season and wrapped up conference play for the Wildcats. And uh, we'll talk about all of that coming up today with Freddie. But let's get right into our Wildcat news of the day. And that's presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. The Kentucky women lost yesterday up in Bloomington, Indiana. Number 8 IU beat number 13 Kentucky, 88-67. Kentucky got the Hoosiers last year here in Lexington. IU returns the favor on its home court. Kentucky shot only 41% from the field and allowed Indiana to shoot 54%. So that's... One of the big keys, 40-30 to 30 rebounding disadvantage for Kentucky was another one. Ryan Howard had 23 in a losing effort for Kentucky. Two football, and Kentucky defeated Vanderbilt 31-17 to 17 on Saturday night and finished conference play at 5-3. and three. And that means Kentucky has clinched second place in the SEC East by itself for the first time since the league went to divisions. Kentucky finishes with a winning record in conference play for the second time in four years, the second time since 1977. It's happened four times since 1964. Point being, it doesn't happen often. It's happened twice in four years. So that is something that uh, they can rightfully take pride in. And uh, Kentucky now will get set to close out the regular season as a huge favorite on Saturday against New Mexico State, which got clobbered by Alabama 59-3 on Saturday, and then uh, at Louisville on Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, we'll talk about the, the football matchup, uh, a lot of things to discuss there with Freddie as we move through the show today. A couple of other notes. Uh, college basketball yesterday, nice win for the Florida Gators. They beat number 20 Florida State 71-55 to in Gainesville. Um, I was watching a little bit of that game, and uh, in early second half, it was close, but the Gators pulled away to win it by 16. So it's a, a nice win for Florida. Just serves to underscore how strong the Southeastern Conference is going to be in men's basketball this season. UK men's soccer, number 15 in the country, won its second CUSA tournament title in overtime, 2-1 over Florida International. So Kentucky is now 13-1 and on the season. And the Wildcats, 13-1-4 and four on the season. And the Wildcats are going to be a national seed and get a first-round bye in the NCAA tournament. And at uh, some point this week, I'm not sure when, we'll get the announcement on what that bracket will look like. And in volleyball, number 7, Kentucky handled Texas A&M with a sweep, 3 nothing. So a nice win for Coach Skinner's club as they are closing in on the end of their regular season, I think, it's either next week or the week after, and then they'll move into postseason play. We're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. 
on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar for our show. And uh, we're going to talk Kentucky football for the balance of the program. If you have questions for Freddie, you can tweet them to me at TomLeachKY, or you can email LeachReport at gmail.com, or you can give us a call. And uh, we'll talk about Kentucky football with Freddie over the course of the next 50 minutes here on our show. Uh, our Wildcat News of the Day segment presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. Live jazz music every night when you dine at Giuseppe's. Fantastic pasta, fresh-made steaks, sea, fresh seafood from uh, Giuseppe's. Check it all out at giuseppeslexington.com. You can go there and make a reservation as well. Get to a break. Back with Freddie Maggard in just a moment on the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of The Leach Report. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the Cats. We're on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar for our Shuffle Dean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Show as we welcome in the former Wildcat QB, Freddie Maggard. Welcome. Thanks, Tom. Good so, to see you. So, uh, do you put up the – I was talking so somebody talking about this yesterday. Oh, it was Kyle Tucker was tweeting about this, uh, that he was always – one of those, you know, you don't put the Christmas decorations up until after Thanksgiving. Yeah. But now he's got kids, and the kids wanted them, and so they're up. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, same way. So, same for you. So, yeah, same. Like yeah. Whatever the prevailing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I work for them. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in the uh, in the White House. I serve at the pleasure yeah, of the president. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, we'll, uh, I, think, I think I finally got all the Halloween stuff down, so ah. I'm ready. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, let's get into a little Kentucky football. First of all, we'll just start with this. Um, and Stoops really wasn't aware of this. I mentioned to him after the game. I said, you know, this is just the fourth winning record in SEC play since 1964. That's something to you know you can yeah. rightly be proud of because it hadn't happened often. Yeah. You know, after the game, I did the uh, KSR post game show, which was fun. In Ryan's basement, which is beautiful, by the way. <laughs> yes, I saw you tweeting oh, that it's, picture. It's, it's terrific. There's nothing to apologize for being seven and three and five. Absolutely and three. not. Because there's two ways to look at this Kentucky team. One is, oh, you had a magical season, and you lost to Mississippi State, Tennessee. Probably shouldn't have done that, but it happens. The other is, you're seven and three, five and three, with that many injuries on defense. And personnel issues that cannot be fixed until until 2022. Now, somewhere in between there is reality, but the perspective or the take that I, I personally have is seven three is good with this current two deep. It is it is really really good. Tom, that's the first time Kentucky's had what, sole possession, a second place in the East since the divisions uh, happened in the conference. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you wanted to climb, you want to climb the ladder. You want to you want to Climb a ladder in the East. Now your sole possession of second place. Georgia is a is a generational team, and seven and three again is nothing to apologize for. I think uh, it's wonderful statistically if you look at the numbers in perspective or comparison to previous years. You know, uh, two things. First of all, I'll say this: if you're to a Kentucky fan who says I'm, you know, disappointed, that, so am I, and I, that is perfect. I understand yeah, that, so am I, because it was there for the taking. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, you could, uh, you, know, you could. We we're talking about eleven and one, right? 
you know, you can you you were you were talking about it, so yeah. you were hoping for it, and it was legitimately possible. Yes. Uh, so it's under it's perfectly valid, I think, to be disappointed. 100%. Yeah. Now, I think once you get to the end of the season, if you finish it out and you get to, to nine and three, that would not be a disappointing year. No, not at all. Two different distinctions there. Yeah, I mean, it was close. It, it was really close. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't happen. And, um, you know, I just – but, I, listen, I'm as frustrated as anybody with Mississippi State and Tennessee, especially Tennessee where I'm from and playing at UK and being in the stands from the 70s until today. In that rivalry, uh, having a disappointing loss, yes, I'm, I'm disappointed. Yes, I'm frustrated. But at the end of the day, seven and three, getting ready to be eight and three, is, is a good place to be. You know, when um, Kentucky, when I started doing this in '97, doing the uh, football games on radio, uh, Tim Couch, you know, was emerging. Yeah, was the air raid guys. He's pretty decent. He was. He was not bad. Uh, and <laughs> they had. Uh, an exciting first year, nearly got to a bowl, and they had the breakthrough year the next year uh-huh. and uh, got to uh, the Outback Bowl. And then you lose Couch yep. and Yeast and Anthony White and some other guys. I can't remember who all they lost, but you, you lost a lot of your key guys. Yeah. And so the next year was kind of a, you know, figures probably a little bit of a rebuilding year. Yeah. Well, Dusty Bonner was outstanding at quarterback. Mm-hmm. He had an All-America tight end and James Whalen. And they – uh, got to a bowl game. Yeah. Uh, the next year, when it really was unexpected, yeah. coming into this season, I, I'm not. You know, the, the, people looked at the schedule and understandably were optimistic and thought, you know, probably eight was a realistic number. Yeah. Because of the way the schedule looked, but you did lose five guys off defense to the NFL. Yeah. And you lost uh, a left tackle to the NFL. Yeah. Your center was borderline NFL. It just got released, Drake, by uh, the Patriots uh, practice squad, so he may eventually stick in the NFL. Uh, so. You know, when you're trying to build up your program at Kentucky, where they haven't had a lot of historical success, uh, you it's hard to take that many losses of NFL-caliber talent and expect to be as good or expect to be better, and they're going to be better. I'll add another one. I lost a, one of the all-timers with Boogie Watson. As far yeah, as didn't get drafted. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, my number one concern going into the season was – replacing the five pros from defense. Yeah. And these aren't just, you know, guys that are trying to get in the league and bouncing around. These are five players that are on rosters right now in the National Football League, and that was a concern. So, yeah. And, and you mentioned that Dusty year finished six and seven. And we're talking about well, seven. They would have been seven and six if Waylon hadn't broken his arm in the right, ball game. Right. But, but now, you know, we're seven and three, getting ready to be eight and three. Yeah. So, uh, it's all about perspective. It's all yeah. about what uh, expectations. Now they have to beat. They have to win the next two to have, to, to have, make to make it feel like it. Yeah, yeah. Once if you win the next two, then you get a little bit removed. You're like, that was a really good yeah, year. Well, it could have been a little more, but yeah. it was really good. But you talk about the schedule. Kentucky can't control their opponents. Can't control the fact that Florida's not very good. Can't control the fact that LSU's not very good. South Carolina's rebuilding. Missouri took a step backwards. You can't control that. But I've been in the stands and been on the field and played four top ten opponents. That's not fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's not fun. So if the opponents are down, good. How many years do you have has Kentucky yeah. faced four four top ten teams? So. And that's part of how you yeah. capitalize on that. Op- you, you have to then capitalize on that opportunity, yes. even though your personnel isn't 
eleven and one personnel. Exactly, exactly. It's just it's just you have to define who this team is. Yeah, and it's a defense right now that is extremely beat up, and it's it's a defense that with one of your best players, Bully McCall, who is a who's a who's an influencer, has been out. Octavius Oxendine was really coming on, not only to be a role player, but to be a havoc producer. Mm-hmm. He's out, and then. Jordan Wright, I think we need to talk about how, how impactful Jordan Wright's injury is because he was the Havoc producer over yeah. the last couple of years. He's out. So three of your top four are, are, are out. And, and you have, again, personnel issues in the secondary that you're working through. Two new starters this week, Jalen Geiger got the start. Vito Tisdale got the start. Geiger with a pick six, which was, you know, I, I said, we talked about it on the show last week. Kentucky needs something really good to happen early in the game to get some confidence with that defense. And it did so with a pick six. Yep. And uh, Jalen took that one uh, back for his first uh, touchdown. His first interception also went for a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> Pretty that, good. that's a good way. That's a good debut. 22 past the top of the hour. It's our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. We're on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar with Freddie Maggard, and we will be right back. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. We're on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar with Freddie Maggard for our Shuffle Dean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. Let's get into this Kentucky Vandy game yeah. a little bit. You think Kentucky lost its edge coming out of the locker room up thirty-one to three? I think the, offensively, the, the last two drives of the first half, uh, you know, you march it down, you get in the red zone. Get a little greedy there with two in, two uh, end zone fade shots that that didn't happen. Kick a field goal, then then the two minute drill didn't didn't produce points uh, and ended with a hail mary interception. And then the second half time, Kentucky only had four drives, and you take one of those out because that was the victory formation kneel down drive. The other one other was a fourteen play sixty one yard field goal scoring drive. One other, and, one, and you have two left. One was the penalty drive, which it was third and twenty or whatever, and then come and then just had a uh, just had a uh, four four play twenty yard drive that ended in a punt. So, Vander, Kentucky had the one long drive for a field goal. Then Vandy had two extremely long drives. So, the Commodores had the football the majority of the second half. So there wasn't a lot of opportunities defensively. I think the quarterback change really helped Vanderbilt. Mike Wright presented some issues. Yep, they started the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but if you look at the big picture of the game, Vanderbilt was averaging 301 total yards per game, score, uh, had 266, so held them over 30 yards of their season average, and then held Vanderbilt to 4.5 yards per play. I thought the goal there was five yards a play, so exceeded that. But it was, it was the fact that Vanderbilt had the ball, and Mike Wright made some things happen. Uh, but still held them below their season average in total yards. Offensively, not a lot of drives. But yes, it, it, it appeared that Kentucky took the, the, the foot off the gas. But in, in actuality, in, on offense, you only have four drives, well, three drives if you take away the kneel down. And uh, in the post game, uh, in talking to Coach Stoops, he uh, said that he wanted to uh, be able to continue to put up points in the second half and be yeah. more aggressive. But they said they couldn't get the stops on defense, right. and so they come out. They have a, the, the, they get the ball first and have a bad drive, right. a couple of penalties there, and getting third and a mile. So then you go back to Vander, and you don't get them stopped. So they go down and score on a fourth down pass and get the two, 
And so then at that point, there's still plenty of time left. You're of the mode where, okay, let's hold on to this for a while. Let's try to take some time off the clock and get a score out of this, which they did. Uh, but by that time, it's kind of, and then, then again, Vandy gets the ball back, as you were saying. You don't stop them again. They go down and score it. It's, it's just a long slog in the second half. If you're yeah. a fan, you're up, your team's up 31-3. to three. You're ready for them to, to blow them out. And from Stoop's perspective, he's sitting there. He's got a team that's lost three straight. Yeah. And he's, as he said after the game, he acknowledged we had to have this one. Yeah. Because, you know, for the things we were talking about, the good things in, in the previous segment, you know, if you lose a game to Vandy, all that's wiped off. Bad. So you had to win that, mm-hmm. even though you are much better, and, you know. Uh, but, again, you've, it's where your mind is. Think of it like, you know, people that play golf. You know, it's there's, – there's, the putt on the first hole with, with your buddies is different on the, than the putt on the last hole for money. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. And, and if you look at Vanderbilt defensively, not very good. 13th, 14th in the SEC in most statistical categories. The one thing that Vanderbilt ranks second in the conference in is producing turnovers. Yeah. Have produced 13 turnovers going into the game. So that's how Vanderbilt could hurt you. That defense, Vanderbilt, could hurt you is, is forcing turnovers. So – I can understand that, that that you want to play in their hands. And going back to a a golf analogy, what if you're three under in the front nine? You're not going to to throw it at the flag a few times there on the back nine. You're you're going to come out with that three under. That's the worst worst thing I've had that happen so many times, and I'm not a great golfer, but just you're playing, you're going to, you know, after about 15, 16 holes, you think, I'm on pace for my best round ever on this course. Worst thing in the world. I got (laughs) a par, I got a par, I got a par. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But. You know, I wrote about it, Tom. I, that, a fast start was mandatory. Yeah. That that structure, that, that stadium is a structural melatonin. I mean, it will put you to sleep. So <laughs> I like that. The fact that, Kentucky, that. the fact that Kentucky came out and scored 31 first-half points I thought was excellent. Yeah. I picked six. And, and that, the first half in Nashville was the most complimentary half that I've seen Kentucky play. Uh, you know, only gave up 109 total yards to Vanderbilt, rolled up 278, almost 300 300 yards. So uh, excellent first half, and then you you get that win in the second half. A 17-point road win in the SEC is a good thing. 278 yards when you kind of lost a possession because your defense scored. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a – quite a potent first half for Kentucky. We're halfway home on this edition of the Leach Report. It's on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar. For our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback show. If you're going to be heading out uh, after Thanksgiving Day for a little shopping that weekend, get your day started with a breakfast at Wild Eggs. No place better here or in the Hamburg location. We'll be right back with Freddie. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. From the Mobile Clark's Pump and Shop Studio, it is the Leach Report with Freddie Maggard for this Monday morning quarterback show, and we are taking some of your questions. You can tweet me at Tom Leach KY, or you can email leachreport at gmail.com. Let's uh, go to a question from Chris for you, Freddie. How confident are you that Kentucky can beat U of L to finish nine and three? Cards are better than we thought. Yeah, they are better. I mean, you, of course, I've, you've been saying it for a while. I've said that for the season because of Malik Cunningham. I think is a very good quarterback. Um, We'll see. I think Kentucky has a perfect opponent on Saturday, a game that should win, New Mexico State. But New Mexico State throws the football several times a game. 
averages 264 yards passing. So Kentucky's going to get a good uh, dress rehearsal for, is the saying you could use for Louisville because uh, Doug Martin, the head coach, former U.K. quarterback, will try to throw it all over the field. So I think that would be a good uh, situation. But we'll see with Louisville. I mean, that, that Malik Cunningham is special. He's a very good football player. Yeah, and um, when uh, you, know, you get dinged up uh, in recent weeks, but uh, he must yeah. have been sensational on, on Saturday. Yeah. Syracuse 41-3. to yeah. And um, so, yeah, he's, that this is a Kentucky defense that isn't what it was when right. it was fully healthy. Right now, the thing is, you you, um, you got McCall back in this game yeah. for I don't know how many plays exactly. I would guess somewhere probably around fifteen plays, mm-hmm. and um, he should be then better this week. Yeah. And then by the time you get to Louisville, he should be in a position where maybe he could uh, you know if not start for you, but you know be back to you know get a. You know, a decent number of snaps and be more of a force. And if you look at Kentucky, um, how the season has unfolded, you're the football guy, so you can tell me. But just as I look at just the, the f- add up the facts of the case, so to speak, um, Kentucky uh, defensively was playing really well in September when McCall was healthy, Knox and Dine was healthy and starting to come on. Jordan Wright was yeah. uh, reasonably healthy. And you had your playmakers, and that was disguising maybe some issues on the back mm-hmm. end. And then those got exposed to people once you didn't have a couple of NFL caliber guys in your front three there anymore. And you played two quarterbacks that are that are red hot. Yeah, Will Rogers and Hidden Hooker. So, and two systems that are bad matchups for the current two deep yeah. on this roster. So, yeah. But I will say this, and I don't know if I mentioned it already because my memory's not very good. <laughs> With all that said, Tom, Kentucky is a top five SEC defense statistically right now, ranked fifth in the conference in total defense. So it's it's a it's a ten game evaluation. Kentucky's given up three hundred forty one total yards per game. That's fifth in the SEC, fourth in rushing defense at one hundred sixteen yards per game. It doesn't feel that way though, but that that's where Kentucky is right now. But yeah, the injuries, I think. You know, Bully's injury was bad. McCall's, I mean, uh, Oxendine was really coming on. But Jordan Wright was was a difference maker. He made a several big plays through his career. Not having him and having J.J. Weaver on a pitch count really imp- impacted that defense, and it, and it and it did. It exposed a very thin cornerback position. Yep. And then you, you had your your nickel defenders and your safeties not play great two weeks in a row. You see a you see a starting lineup change. Maybe that will light a fire. I uh, think if you look at the SEC, you've got Georgia on uh-huh. a tier by itself. Then you've got Alabama next, mm-hmm. and then you've got Vandy at the bottom, South Carolina and Missouri above them. The other teams, it's. Who's hot at the moment? Right. Who's healthy? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what? How's the momentum going for anybody? And you look back, all of those teams. I think other than Ole Miss have three league losses, and the other one has, and Ole Miss has two. So there's just not much difference. If Kentucky, I would argue, I would love to have seen Kentucky played Mississippi State and Tennessee in September. Right. Yeah, you know, that they. But you know, and then played Missouri in in those spots. You you know you don't get to pick it out that way but yeah you know, the point being is you know mississippi state beats auburn on on uh, saturday uh, you know mississippi state's going pretty good right now but uh, you know auburn had a stretch where it was going good and texas a&m got beat by ole miss but they had you know they obviously beat alabama so 
Again, it's just all those teams. There's not a whole lot of difference. And if there's not a whole lot of difference, one of those, one of that group of teams is not going to win all the games. Yeah, the SEC schedule is like a wardrobe. You wear what they tell you to wear. You don't get to pick <laughs> out your own clothes. So when you play them is important. Where you play, Mississippi State is awfully hard to beat in Starkville. Uh, so th- that was tough on them. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, if this team was here, there. But I agree. I mean, I, I, Georgia's in the league is by themselves. Alabama's yeah. probably second to it. Then I would put Ole Miss at, at the next. Yeah, they're, they're just a notch above the rest. And then but Mississippi not a- State, Arkansas, Kentucky, you know, LSU can beat people. Yeah. <laughs> Florida, Florida's, oh, Again, wow. <laughs> Florida and LSU were different in September than they are now. Exactly. Again, part of that's momentum and confidence. Yeah. And, uh, Dennis writes in, as a lifelong Kentucky football fan, the Tennessee loss took the wind out of my sails. Despise Tennessee and Louisville. I understand that. I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing where if your other loss is Missouri and not Tennessee, it feels different. It feels different, yeah. Or anybody else yeah. other than Tennessee, and it's not Tennessee, yeah. it feels different. <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. Totally understand. Yeah. No, I, I think, and, but that's that's one where I think then the further room get you rem, you you get removed from that week. If you finish out the season strong, yeah. you feel better about it than you do the closer it yeah. is to that loss to Tennessee. Yeah, I mean that that, that Tennessee loss really hurt, and it, yeah. it hurt. Uh, you know, I, I'm still bothered by it. I'm sure. And they it sh- they should have won the game. I mean, should have won the yeah. game. Yeah, had them at home. And, <clears throat> yeah, and, uh, and it was a bad matchup, and still should have won the football yeah. game. Yeah. So um, Mississippi State. You know, it, it happened. It's four turnovers. Start it's a tough place. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that's why I understand that the Tennessee game is, is harder to get past yes. if you're a fan. 100%. Perfectly yeah. understand that. Let's yeah. take take a break. It's about 20 before the top of the hour. A couple of segments left with Freddie Maggard. It's our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. And we're on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar. They have a Palomar location and a Hamburg location here in Lexington. So uh, opposite side of towns with the same great food and service, whichever one you go to. We'll be right back. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. We are back with Freddie Maggard, and it's our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the show from uh, Wild Eggs. And, uh, Freddie, you can uh, read his weekly uh, coverage of Kentucky football, KentuckySportsRadio.com, and also uh, hear him and uh, the gang on the Death Chart podcast. You guys taped today, so I guess it'll be up later today or tomorrow. Yeah, the uh, the KSR football podcast is up today. Then my podcast comes up Thursday, the Death Chart. Thursday, okay. Yeah. So and it's uh, for folks that haven't caught it that yeah they, they, they're going to do that this week they're going to put that on their to-do list they're going to hear you they're going to hear who Charles else? Walker Nick Roush and Drew Franklin all right yeah and then on the depth chart podcast it's me and then Andy Murray Jay Dorch and Nick Roush so a couple old guys uh, yeah I was gonna say some of some of the veterans veterans <laughs> yeah a lot of starts though a lot, lot a lot of games started there uh from uh William a question what does the program have to focus on moving forward to avoid mid to late season slumps like we've seen over the years. He says, another great year under Stoops, uh, but I would assume the team wants the division. I assume he means winning the Eastern Division. Yeah, uh, recruit and develop, simple as that. Just uh, you got to keep adding depth to that defensive front, and that's the defensive front really separates uh, good from great teams and from average to good teams. And But it's so rare to have really deep, defensive line play you you see you see the teams that have excellent defensive line depth there's two of them in this league georgia and alabama yeah and everybody else is just trying 
And to to get past them, if in either division, you got to have. Honestly, they've got to be a little off in a given year, probably, yeah. and then you've got to be a little lucky with yeah, things yeah. like injuries. Yeah, yeah, you have to stay healthy, and that's, yeah. that's impossible to do in this league. Yeah, because oh, you're not it's, you're not going to stay healthy, but it's just like if you get injured, it's not it's, the, the, the most important guys. You don't take the drop off that you see at Kentucky, yeah. it, it, Georgia, or Alabama. You see injuries just like you do in Lexington, but the drop off is not that significant. Here's an interesting question for you, football strategy-wise, from Mike on uh, on the Twitter line. Is there an ideal defense for SEC teams? He says, with more teams looking like Tennessee, uh, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss, and less looking like Georgia, it would seem to be hard to have a defense designed for both. Now, that, that's a good, that's a great question because you have to you have to have a personality, you have to have a baseline. We're talking defense here, which Kentucky's had. That's been successful. Uh, back-to-back top five defenses, back-to-back pass defense number one in the SEC for Kentucky, and play play a lot of zone, bring situational pressure, don't get beat deep, and that's what Kentucky's done extremely well. Now, <clears throat> I will say Kentucky's had two sets, not just two corners, but two sets of corners go on to the NFL, and, and that's helped. That's helped a whole lot, and you don't have that this year. So, uh, it's, it's hit and miss there, but you have to have a philosophy, and I think Kentucky has that. Uh, you you could be more aggressive, play a lot of man-to-man coverage, but you're going to have to have a lot of dudes that can cover. I would think that to answer my answer to Mike's question, is there an ideal defense? There's not an ideal defense in terms of scheme. Right. You know, a 3-4, a 4-3, a 3-3-5. Yeah. The, the, the thing that would help you handle all of those offensive challenges the best, give you the best chance, is to have multiple NFL guys up front, yes, so that you can get pressure without having to blitz. Yeah, that, that's, a lot. That that is so important. If you can get organic pressure in a three-four, and defense, that's kind of where Kentucky was in September. Well, it was in September. Was extra, was last year with Phil Hoskins. Yep. With Quentin Bohanna and Josh Pascal, those three were with getting Josh pressure. Allen back in eighteen. Josh Allen that was yeah. one Boogie, generational Boogie player. Watson. I mean, you can't yeah. you can't forget about him. So yeah. Calvin Taylor had eight and a half, nine yeah. sacks. That, that was that was really good. So, yeah, you, you want to get to where you don't have to blitz all the time because yeah. you're so vulnerable. when You, you want to blitz especially. when you want to, not when you have to. You don't want the offense to dictate when you blitz. Yeah. Because if, if the offense can expect the blitz, they can hurt you. Yeah. And that's where you get killed against like a Mississippi State. Yeah, that's where you you, if you've got front guys that can affect – the quarterback regularly. Yeah, that's and then and then also be good enough to play against the run. Like with, to Mike's question, like with uh, more to see from Georgia typically. Yeah, but where you can get pressure on the quarterback without having to blitz a lot, and and you can get sacks, and you can get deflections, and you can just get in his face, and it he doesn't have time to just sit back there, and, and so then and that, and that makes it harder on if your corners aren't as great, it's even. You know, harder on them because they're having to cover longer. I would even go further here, Tom. I think, I think the way offenses are, are trending these days, I don't think it's a big picture schematic question. I think it's you have to have dudes that can win one on one matchups. Yeah, yep, I think you're right. Yeah, scheme yeah. you can play whatever scheme, but you, you have want, to probably. win one on ones. Yeah, in every, on all three phases: yeah. pass blocking, pass rush, linebackers, and then secondary, which is recruit and, and develop. develop. That's right. <laughs> R&D. That's right. 
It's research and development in the business world. <laughs> it's it's recruit and develop football. in football. We're going to get to a, a break and come back with our final segment. Good question, though, Mike. That was uh, kind of a thought-provoking uh, question. So thank you. We'll be right back. segment of the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. I'm here with Freddie Maggard. And um, one of the things I had on my list to talk about is the uh, subject of a question from uh, Dennis, Leach, Leach Report at gmail.com. It's about Jutan McLean. He says, is yeah. Jutan going to take over the number two spot? And secondly, do we see Tisdale and Drennan, Drennan entering the transfer portal? I'll start with McLean. Man, he looked good. He looked really good. Too. I loved him last year. The flash is just the, the burst that he has. And power. Yeah. Can carry 69 yards for a longer 22. Kentucky had several chunk plays, uh, you know, of 20-plus yards. Rodriguez had a 30-yard run. McLean with 22. I thought he looked really, really good. Uh, and then you had three receivers with at least one catch of 20-plus yards, Mondale Robinson, Isaiah Cummings, and Josh Ali. So that was a benefit for Kentucky. But back to the running back. You know, I, I can't project who, who goes in the portal and who doesn't, but McLean is looking very, very good. And, and this, and, and they've been excited about Juton for a while. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't think he'll jump over Cavassier Smoke, who, who has earned carries. Scott Cavassier's been a little dinged up lately. Yes, but, 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 but Juton McLean has earned the right to carry the football. Yep. And, you know, as far as looking ahead to next year, don't know what Rodriguez will do. Uh, potentially could be back. But, you know, it, Yes, are Denon, Drennan and Tisdale leaving? I have no, no idea. No idea. But people will leave. Yes, there are people will be. arrive. It's it's, it's kind it's, of a little like free agency now. And if you've got a guy, you know, like Tisdale or Drennan, they didn't play in as much. I would say it certainly wouldn't shock me no. if somebody in that situation left. But I don't have any intel that they are. Yeah, I mean, head coaches have to. It's like a business. You have to factor that into the big yeah. picture. And you're going to lose, and you're going to gain in the portal. Uh, Kentucky going to have to go to the, and we'll get more into this as we get one of our later shows, but they're going to need to have some success again in the portal. Yeah, especially uh, defensively uh, in the secondary. I could see I could see Kentucky being active in the portal, bringing in some defensive backs. Absolutely. On the offensive side, uh, Man, we're talking about McLean. Isaiah Cummings is coming on. Yes, he is. He that kid's going to be a star. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and. You know, really nice catch for I'm a touchdown. A week, yeah, I'm a week-to-week guy. That's the way I have to look at things. But you start looking at next year with Levis. Maybe Wondell comes back. I don't know. Maybe Rodriguez comes back. But you're going to have Keaton Upshaw, Isaiah Cummings at tight end, two dynamic. With Brendan Bates being that H-back. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dane Key coming on. Taj Harris, the transfer from Syracuse, coming on. Tekel Crowdis. Tekel Crowdis. That offense is going you know, keeping Lee and Cohen is going to be important. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch if, if all those guys come back. Kentucky is uh, – You do lose an All-American, though, Darren Kennard. Yeah. And you yeah, lose the, an All-SEC center in Luke Fortner. The big blue – That's going to hurt. The big blue wall is going to have a couple of <clears throat> yeah. uh, key key pieces there. Um, but you've got, you know, budding start looks like in Cox, who's, yes. who's out now. Um You've got uh, Quentin Wilson, you know, some young guys in the Jagger pipeline Burton, there that yeah. they were the Jaggers. So they recruited well. Count yeah. that Goodman uh, coming in. Uh, Grant Bingham. I mean, yeah. uh, they're, they're replenishing there. Um, got a couple of uh, minutes left uh, here. Um, on the uh, back back on, on offense, uh, we're talking about uh, 
Cummings. It was a tremendous uh, catch. You had some, you know, part part of uh, success in the passing game is the you know quarterback throwing it well, but needs some big time catches. Wandell Robinson had an incredible catch on a long yeah. throw, and then Cummings on the touchdown. Loved, loved, loved that Cummings catch. Yeah, because it was a fifty fifty ball in the end zone. And he went up and took it. Yeah. Right? So we talked about. Kinds of plays we've seen against Kentucky like, defenders for a We talked about time. defensively, instead of scheme, winning one-on-one matchups is the future. Same with offense. Wondell Robinson wins one-on-one matchups, makes contested catches. Isaiah Cummings, that, that was a big-time catch in the end zone. Uh, and a little kudos to, uh, to the play caller there, Coach Cohen. Kentucky going into this game, I haven't checked uh, today, but going into the game, second in the nation – uh, going into Saturday on touchdown percentage in the red zone. Yeah. When they get down there, they're not only scoring, they're scoring touchdowns. And Kentucky had finished in the bottom half of the league. I went back and looked, nine out of the previous ten years in touchdown percentage yeah. in the red zone. Really struggled, really struggled uh, in the past in the red zone. 28 out of 38 trips in the red zone have resulted in, in touchdowns. So that that's a good number to have. Yeah, and uh, again, I'm not sure if where it ranks nationally, but it was number two in the nation going into last weekend. So yeah. this week, um, fans were disappointed. Some young guys didn't get to play yeah. late on Saturday. You'll see uh, They should get to see them this week. Yeah. And uh, get some feel good uh, moments. Another guy we haven't mentioned who we're talking about tight ends, Jordan Dingle. I saw him in there yeah, a little bit. He's him. getting a few reps now. Yeah, that, that was good to see Jordan in there. A guy like that will get a chance to do yeah. a little more on Saturday, probably. Yeah, but but the thing I like about this matchup Saturday is uh, New Mexico State will throw the football all over the place. Uh, 264 yards per game. Defensively, one of the worst defenses in the country. Uh, but offensively, we'll throw it around, which be, will be good for preparation going into the Louisville week. Freddie Maggard, always a pleasure. He'll be uh, with us again next Monday for our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the Leach Report. You can read him at KentuckySportsRadio.com and follow the uh, podcasts at uh, KSR Podcast site and uh, keep up with Freddie's analysis of the cats from week to week. Have a good week. Thanks, Tom. You too. Uh, that's going to do it for us. We'll be back uh, in studio tomorrow uh, with uh, John Hale and Larry Vaught. It'll be game day for Kentucky basketball against Mount St. Mary's. So we'll see you tomorrow on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to 